Hi, everyone. Welcome to Living in the Question podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Elena. And we're here today, um, actually taking a lunch break to do this podcast from our busy days. (laughs) But I hope you guys listened to last week's episode. It was really intense for both of us and so good. Like, I feel like I got so many answers from that episode that I've just been waiting for like I actually haven't worked with a medium since my dad passed away and like all that was just so needed for me um and I feel like I had just have this whole newfound connection with my dad after that so that's been really beautiful um let's just start this off with our awareness check-in back on that though like yeah Melissa had told Sadie that Hey, there's some certain things that your dad didn't want said on the podcast. Can you call me later? Yep. And Sadie called her later and they talked for what, two hours? Two hours. Yeah. And he was just literally like talking to me through her. Right. And like went over like, you know, how he died and like all the gruesome details that obviously weren't ready for the podcast, you know, don't need to be talked about on here. And so, yeah, we went over like so many other things that were way more deep that just gave me a lot of answers that I've been wondering about but it's interesting because there's so many things that I've thought about the way he passed away and like the weeks leading up to it so many things in my mind that after he passed away I've known like my my intuition has been like this is what happened and like I've felt it but second-guessed myself Mm -hmm. so then she came with all the answers that I felt and said them before I talked to her about any of it and I was like okay yes I knew that thank you like it just confirmation that what I've been feeling in my heart has been true and so that was really really big for me but yeah it was a beautiful episode and I hope you guys reach out to her because she really knows what she's doing. (laughs) She's tapped in. Right. (laughs) So yeah, that was really cool. But well, you said you listened back to it too and got Mm -hmm. a message of how to connect on your own. It was interesting because there was a part of the podcast where she said this phrase that I didn't understand when I heard her say it. And she was like, say to your dad saying, and then she said the phrase And I was listening back, heard the phrase that he said, and I was like, what? Like, I didn't understand. So I rewinded and listened to it again, like three different times and like decoded the message and fully tried to understand it. And it was literally like a perfect sentence blueprint of how to connect with him. So what, so do you feel like she was aware that that's what she was giving you? No, no. I think that like she just has messages that flood through and she just says stuff that's coming to her mind and it clicked for me after I listened to it a few times because the the verbiage, the way she lined up the sentence, I wish I knew exactly what the sentence was. I I want you. I want you. Yeah, we should listen to it and find that together and find it because I'd be curious to see what it was and if it's. Yeah. 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 So that was like really big for me. And I was like, okay, like. And this so is now how I can connect. And now you've used that practice and it works. Right. Right. Oh and it's working. And like, I've just felt really, really connected to him. So that's been cool. And I've had some crazy experiences in my house. She said he's going to be moving things around and like just little things just keep happening that I'm like, okay, dad, <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> I guess I can tell you guys about one of the experiences. The honey one? Yeah. Please do. So I was driving to go up in the mountains on two days ago with my son. And I was driving up there and um, I actually had COVID last week. So it was a hard week for me. And I'll go into that when we talk about the awareness check-in. But I decided to try to get out in the mountains with my son because I was like, I just need to get up there. And on the drive up there... It was just kind of quiet in the car and we were just driving and my son was like, how are you feeling, honey? And I turned around. I was like shocked. And I was like, what did you just say? And he goes, how are you feeling, honey? He has never called me honey. Like, I don't even know where he got that from. Nobody calls anybody that. But that is what my dad would call me is honey. Mm. Hey, honey. Like all the time. And so I just like sat there and I was like what did you just say? (laughs) And kind of took it in and I, you know, just moved on with my day. And then yesterday I got home to let my puppy out on my lunch break and I walk in my kitchen and my honey 
is in the middle of the kitchen, <laughs> like my jar of honey. And it floor. was like on the floor in the middle of the kitchen. And I was like, what the hell? Like, how did this get out here? I haven't even used the honey. Like, I was like, just blown away. Like little things like that keep happening that are just so synchronistic that like you can't, you can't disprove, you right. know? And so that was really cool. But like little things like that keep happening. And it's just very confirming for me that he's always around and he's here. And yeah, that's that is, a, the honey was on your floor, <laughs> on my floor. <laughs> I like, know. I was like, Odin's what? That wasn't enough. I know. It's the extra confirmation, you know, stuff like that happens when you're trying to connect with like your loved ones, stuff like that. Like, I feel like the synchronicities happen, but then extra synchronicities happen to make sure you know that it was them. You know what I mean? Like, it's this extra confirmation. It's kind of cool. So that happened. And it's like, (laughs) wait, no, really? I'm here. Yeah. Believe it now. Yeah. Like, Like, do you believe me now? Exactly. Yeah. And then you were over last night. Mm-hmm. And we were in my room pulling cards on my bed, and all of a sudden we like heard someone walking around outside. Oh yeah, and we couldn't find Jack. We came out here, and I had locked Jack out of my room, and we heard him playing. And then all of a sudden it was really quiet, and I started like looking around. Me and Elena were like, "Where's Jack? He wasn't barking either when we were calling his name." No, hell no, he wasn't. And usually he does. We were like, "Jack, Jack!" Like trying to find him, and he was locked in the back room in my dad's room and we did not put him in there we didn't put him in there I didn't hear a door close I didn't hear anything like that there's no way that like I had to push because your carpet's like that thick plushy carpet, carpet. So you have to push I the had door to open push the door open to let him out so there's no way that like the door just closed on its own when it's, the air came on it's so like, weird I well and then too <laughs> when you were like Okay, something was happening yesterday. We were on a different freaking frequency. Yeah. Because when I was sitting there, we were sitting out here and you're like, we were talking about Melissa's reading and everything. And she had said, oh, Cameron's going to be sending you a lot of green. Yeah. And it was funny because the night before we had the reading, I had gone to the Water Lantern Festival at Salem Pond. Mm -hmm. And picked a backpack because they give you a backpack. Well, the backpack I picked was green. Yeah. Picked a blanket. I picked a green blanket, which normally I go for purple. Like and green stuff. is not your color. No. Yeah. And I, I don't know why. I just felt drawn to it. And then I bought this really cute, these two cute hangy things to go in my kitchen window. It's like a I moon with a some crystals and yeah, a crystal moon with uh-huh. danglies that are just so pretty. And yep. it was green. And I could have picked a different color but I picked the green and that's just so like <laughs> and then the day after you get told you're going to be attracted to green or see green she was like Cameron's going to be sending you a lot of green and then you had asked me <laughs> yesterday hey so have you been seeing a lot of green and I'm like no not really and you're like as you're playing with those green leaves she just has a green leaf in her hand I'm like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. and then there was some other crazy oh, shit. shit. We were trying to call out to the UFOs because the clouds were <laughs> wild yesterday, you guys. And Elena was like, I want to see a UFO so bad. And I'm like, well, let's just lay here and let's just try to tune in and like send them our frequency of like, show us confirmation. That was our goal. Show us confirmation that you're here. And the clouds were trippy. I was just barely looking at the pictures. Like they, it really does look like a face. There was, so after we like laid there and like sent out the confirmation, we were just laying there and the clouds looked like bubbles. Like it was so weird. And we were like, those clouds are weird. Let's just keep watching them. And we just kept watching them. And then this like, like, look at it. The shape up right now. Like, look at it again today. It's not, that I've never, so weird, I have never seen anything I think we need to like post this. it on the podcast. Okay. I posted it on my personal, but Sorry. I will post this on the podcast. So you guys can see, but it looks like there's like a head and two pecs and three abs. And it looks like a perfect figure of a body right. of like an alien body. body. And then it had its legs like coming out. And like at the end of its legs, it like extended into this like tail 
like all the way so we just like the watched it freaks me out yeah I, like look at it oh my god and we were laying down on the grass <laughs> just watching it and it started of course the clouds move right but it looked like it was literally just like coming closer and closer and closer <laughs> towards us and it could have just been us tripping out trying to make something of the clouds but the clouds were way too fucking perfect that it was just weird it, it was weird and then I walked out into the yard and turned around and freaked out because I could see a full-on freaking rainbow. A whole rainbow right over my house. And we I'm were like, in the center. Oh, my God. And she's like, what, what, what? <laughs> you probably thought that, like, I was seeing baby aliens. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck do you see? And I turned around and I was like, holy shit. Like, it was just such a magical day. Oh, man. It was a hard day. Oh, yeah. Elena was really emotional. And then all of that happened and it was like oh damn life is actually really beautiful you know like take a second and look at the roses you know what I mean smell the roses like roses and then we come in and pull cards and you pull the rose card the rose card that's your dad yep so funny so beautiful so you know moral of the story is that we are connected in ways that we can't even understand oh yeah And it's okay to be skeptical of it. You know, you guys might have listened to that episode and been skeptical of her mediumship and is this real and all of those things. But that's also really important to be skeptical, but also within the skepticism, be open. Yeah, just be open to it. Be open to the magic of life because literally the fact that we are walking this earth is magic. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. It's really beautiful. You know what? Something that blew my mind, and this is on that, but kind of off. Yeah. When... When a baby is being formed, they already have all of their eggs. Like a, a, fem- a girl, mm-hmm. she has all of her eggs already, all her millions of eggs. In utero. In- yes. That's so wild. So my mom actually carried my kid, well, half of my yeah. kid, obviously, but like within her. Within her. It's all connected. That is crazy. That is so crazy. It's beautiful and I carried Cash and Demi's kids in me yep it's, yeah it's weird like when they say like when you start your healing journey it affects seven generations in the past and the future right well it makes sense you know what I mean we are all connected like that right That's so, so cool to dive into the awareness check-in because yeah. something that you just <clears throat> said like my dad and I and this is another thing that we connected on yesterday yeah me and Sadie both have this we are very connected to our dads and very similar in very similar ways to and, them mm-hmm. yes and like we operate at least for speaking for myself I operate mentally and physically just like my dad yeah and having gone through all the hardships that we have with him being an addict at, for a lot of years and coming back and leaving, coming back and leaving, coming back and staying and then building this empire, if you will, within a short amount of time, like super successful. Right. And then I don't know, like seeing and feeling his demons, but also their mind too, because it's ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. The demons are your ways of thinking and your patterns and things that are passed to us that without our knowing that keep you stuck, that keep us stuck. Yeah. Because of how you were raised, because of their their issues issues that they got from their parents. Yes, you know. Yeah, and we we know like our parents aren't too into the healing stuff because just the generation is different. I feel like <laughs> our generation is the one that's like awakening shit. to it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. like we really are. There's so many of us, and yeah, just being hyper aware of my connections with my dad and knowing that like I can't fix my dad, but I know healing myself. Yep. And just like, do you ever try to speak to people to get them to get a point across without like just hitting the nail on the head, like speaking about another person, like mm-hmm. trying to get, oh, trying to get my dad to understand something, yeah. but speaking through about a, different it, through a different route. So it's just, not so personal and yes. get offended. Do you ever do that? Oh, yeah, dude. That's like the highest form of yeah. manipulation there is. <laughs> well, yeah. Manipulation. Yes. But I don't think it's manip- manipulation when your intention is good. It's, it's just like. Let me help you. Learning how to say it in a way that they don't get offended is a hard thing. Right. It's See, a hard things so you're trying to find a workaround, you know? And I think with my dad to help him, 
see that there are other ways or help him relax in his head. Cause my dad is super self-critical. He's his own worst enemy and we all are, Yeah, but it's just been in my face in the last couple days that my dad and I really, really, really struggle with it. Like yeah. I can understand how he was an addict for yeah. so long and right. how he got so stuck. Like all shame, all addicts have shame, but mm-hmm. like, it's just a different, I don't know. Maybe it's just super personal for me because I feel it. Mm-hmm. But like also anytime I've done shrooms, my connection to my dad and feeling my dad's issues and pain have been so prominent. It like brings me to the floor. Right. Like I can't even, right. There's just something there between me and my dad. And I'm like, Oh my God. And we like, had that conversation yesterday because you were asking me, you're like, how do I work through that with him. Like, I feel like I have to talk to him about it to work through it with him, but I don't know how to talk to him about it. And like, with him, but yes. it's so fucking hard. Yes. Like, and like, we tried to break it down a little bit. Right. Of like, how do you do that? You know? And I was like, I was explaining to you that you doing the work on yourself is healing those wounds. Right. And then when you start to heal those wounds, like you show up in a different way for other people and like, right then they feel it. And then they will heal in their own way. Right. I avoided going home yesterday to my parents' house because there are certain things that had happened during the day with Bryce and everything, which is fine and great. But Bryce and my dad had worked together for a long time. And Bryce is her ex just for people who don't know. And now they're not going to. And, but that had to be like, that had to be ended with a conversation. That's a very hard conversation. Yeah. And I wasn't ready to face that because I felt for my dad and I knew how he was going to feel. And I was carrying so much shame. Like, yeah. look, I've caused so many people, all of these freaking issues and sadness and yeah. everything. And when I went home, I was surprised when my parents were still awake Yeah, and I sat down on the couch with them and my mm-hmm. dad's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And he's just like, I mean, I'm his daughter, you know? Yeah. And I just like, apologize to them like dad I'm sorry that like it's gotten here and he's like what are you sorry for what are you talking about yeah shoves it off I'm like dad and he's like no I don't what are you sorry for and I'm like dad and then I just like was sitting in it waiting for him to just admit he knows what the hell I'm talking about yeah like quit running yeah a big thing happened today let's right. not pretend like it didn't and you're connected you're kind of in the middle of it I am yeah. the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> and my mom's like, everything that happened today, Gary, like, come on, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, you don't need to be sorry. Like, this is for the best. And I'm like, yeah, but I know it hurts, you know? And then as the night went on, whatever happened. And then I like told my dad, I'm, I was like, before I went downstairs to go to bed, I'm like, you should be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, Honestly, dad, you got clean in 2009, came home with a freaking Buick little car. Yeah. It was a total piece of shit. Yeah. And that's all you had. Yeah. You literally had your body and a piece of shit car when you showed up on my mom's doorstep Mm -hmm. in 2009 and look at what you built. Yeah. In, in 13 years, like you built this. Right. Thank you. Like you should be proud. Right. And I just that, like, I'm just, I, I want to just keep spreading him up light and love. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, yep. That's all you can do. Yeah. Like that's the healing, right? Yeah. So as far as the awareness check-in, is that, was that what yours? That's it. Was that your awareness? Yeah, pretty much. So, um, that's beautiful. And I'm so proud of you. you. And you teach me that too. Like, I just want to say that like, we went out to dinner last night and Elena, like the server came over and she's like, you're really cute to the girl server that came up. And like, Elena was like, I just wanted to like brighten her day. Like she's going to carry that with her. And Elena is that way. Mm-hmm. Like she does that for people and she teaches me so much to like spread that light, mm-hmm. you know, and like say the compliment, give the compliment when like you're feeling like you should, because like that really can cause a total ripple effect you give someone some positive affirmation and then it brings them up, you know, brings them up and then they want to do it for other people. And like that shit really does spread. Like when you're out and about and someone looks at you and says like, 
something nice about what you look like or what yeah. you're wearing or something. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Like it that really boosts is. your confidence in a whole other way. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's beautiful. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> you're working through some deep shit, but you're doing a good job. Right. I um, it. <clears throat> of course. So like I was saying for my awareness check-in last week, I got COVID it hit me really hard on Wednesday and today's Tuesday and I'm finally like feeling better. But I feel like, so the first two days that I had COVID, I didn't have Odin. Um, but then I had to have him the next two days. And my awareness is in like the way of trying to not beat myself up for not being a good mom. Because when you're sick, All of you parents out there know when you are sick, especially with COVID that takes you down, that you have no fucking energy to do anything and you're trying to entertain your child. Like, oh, there's no such thing. There's so much guilt that comes in for me of like, I can't, I physically can't entertain him. Like I can't, I physically can't be the mom that I want to be right now. And like sitting in that is so fucking uncomfortable. And I catch myself, especially with Odin, like I'm, I'm pretty good about having compassion for myself in other ways when I can't do things. But with Odin, it hits me so much harder because I'm literally raising this child and I'm not showing up right now because I couldn't. And so that's where my awareness is, is trying not to beat myself up, you know, even in the days that I'm feeling healthy and I just can't that day. Like it's okay. It's okay. And being a single parent, it makes it so much harder because you have split time. So it's like the time you do have with them, you want to like, yes, Mm -hmm. you want to, right. And you want to be your best self when you're with them for the days you're with them. But when you can't be, it's this like loss of control that is so freaking hard. You're like starting to talk about our topic mm -hmm. today because which is self-sabotage. You are. Yeah. You can be laying here on the couch. Yeah. Feel like, okay, for lack of a better thing, being a piece of shit. Yeah. On the couch because you have no choice. Uh You can't not. Your body isn't letting you. And be here on the couch with your kid and let your kid sit on the tablet all day. Or you can be laying here on the couch because that's what you're going to do anyways. Telling yourself what a piece of shit you are. Being extra ornery because you're freaking beating the shit out of yourself mentally. Yep. Like either way, you're stuck on the couch. Yeah. It's just a different perception. Yep. Different perspective for each way. And like, yeah, that totally bleeds into self-sabotage. The ways that we sabotage ourselves in so many areas of our lives. Like we all do it. Right. It's so normal. What are you looking at? I feel like in my peripheral, the freaking computer screen keeps glitching. Well, it could be. Weird. That's weird. (laughs) Well, there was a beam of light on me the other day. So who knows? But yeah, so I don't know. There's just so many ways in which we self-sabotage ourselves. Like, is there any other ways that you can think of? Oh, yeah. That like off the top of your head that you self-sabotage yourself? Yes. And it's been a pattern that I've had for a long time. And it's embarrassing to talk about because it's not something I'm proud of. But I I mean, now now that I say that, there's a lot of things flooding in that I'm not proud of. Uh Uh-huh. It can be as simple as like last night when we go, we get dinner and then I'm like, Hey, I want ice cream, even though I've been trying to be really good. But last night I had, or the night before I had ice cream uh-huh. and I told myself, okay, just cause I have ice cream one night does not mean I have to have ice cream every single freaking night. Uh-huh. But then the next day happens. I come with you. I've been crying. I like, we needed you, ice cream. Hey, <laughs> let's go to Cold Stone. And you're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, we're going to Cold Stone. And I don't regret it. But then we came back here and then I ate a cookie. And then you freaking have to bring the coconut cookies on your bed. And then I have to eat literally 20 of those. Because yeah. at that point, I'm past the point of like, oh, I've done good today. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck. I ate the ice cream. I ate the cookie. I'm so now I'm going to say more. fuck it and eat all of these and then feel bad about myself later. Yeah. For the next 24 <laughs> hours and regret doing that. And yeah, you know. Like, it's such, like, that's self-sabotage. Yeah. I told myself that I that I didn't need to eat ice cream two days in a row. Yeah. I knew in the moment, walking to Cold Stone, there was this little angel on my shoulder that was like, Elena, come on. Like, what are you doing? You ate ice cream last night. You don't need it tonight. Uh-huh. Don't make this a habit. Yeah. 
the devil's like, get the ice cream. Oh my <laughs> God. Imagine how good you're going to feel when you're eating that ice cream. You're emotional like, today. It's okay. Yeah. You've been emotional. You deserve <laughs> Which it. Which it is okay. Right. It is. But like, like, it's not a bad thing, but that is a form of self-sabotage. When I'm trying really hard to get out of the <clears> habit <throat> of eating so much shit, because let me tell you, living with your parents, especially mine, my mom makes cinnamon bread every other day. Yeah. Put the shitload of butter on it. Uh-huh. Then, of course, I have to add sugar. So then I'm eating a bunch of cinnamon bread. There's uh-huh. cookies everywhere because she makes my dad cookies all the time. Yeah. There's treats. My dad always has licorice. He always has Lindor truffles. Like, and I know all the hiding spots. Uh-huh. And if it's there, <laughs> I can't not eat it. I have, I have a hard a time with that problem. too. No, I have a really hard time with food. I feel bad too. I think we all do. I can't buy sh- like shitty food no, because, because I'll eat it. Yeah, I don't have the control. Neither do I. And Especially when you're shit. sad. Especially when you're sad. So I can talk about a form of self-sabotage that I know that I do. Um, so it comes up for me a lot in, the, in dating. Mm. Because there will be like someone that I like want to be hanging out with and spending time with. And I have all these ideas of how good it's going to be and all these things. And then I start to hang out with them. And then you know, something happens that I'm not too fond of with this other person and everything else is so good, but because I'm not fond of this one thing, I'll harp on that one thing and start to create this story in my head of why this isn't going to work. This isn't going to work because of this one thing. And, oh, I've been through that before. And, oh, I know how this goes. And, and so then I start to close, put walls up, but even and when I start you to start to myself like off. somebody, or yeah. is this when you start to actually like something? No, I think this is just all the time. Like, I have a really hard time opening myself well, up let me tell to you, care about people. Last night. Yeah. Yeah. Last night when Sadie was on Hinge, I've never seen that. Yeah. And I was looking at it and she was so quick <laughs> to fuck up. She's like, X, X, X. And I'm like, you haven't even looked She's like, at you didn't even list. look at their profile. I'm like, I can already tell. <laughs> Yeah, but you can't like you truly can't. And I notice myself doing that, too. And I'm like, wow, this is really fucked up. But I keep doing doing it it (laughs) while she's saying, oh, my God, I have a problem. And in that sentence, she's already X freaking five people. And I'm like, (laughs) what? Like, I know. See, and that's like, it's just so hard, especially with dating, because like these people are totally reflections for you and like total mirrors, you know, when you start to like open yourself up to somebody and all of your past relationship trauma comes up in that moment, especially when you start seeing red flags with someone. It's like Ew. you start to see these red flags with someone. And then that's where my self-sabotage really kicks in because I'm like, oh, well, this one like, small thing happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is good that I'm aware. But this person is a different person. Like that is not that's my transference. Right. Wow. So I'm also aware of that. But then I still allow myself to like I guess I'm not really allowing myself I'm trying to figure out how to work through putting the walls up because I do that is a trick I'll when you notice think it. about like them doing that to us and we notice it I'm not your ex that just happened for yeah. you yeah like I'm not that person right but then we do that to people yeah and I'm aware of it <laughs> But then I'm still trying to figure out what, how to, how, how to, to get to the place where I'm not throwing my walls up the second that I see one small thing that throws me off. And I do that. Everyone will have one small Yes. Thing. And I do that. And then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just not, oh, I guess I'm just not meant out to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just going to close myself off and I'm not looking for that, which I'm truly not. Like I do feel that in my soul that I'm not looking for a relationship, but I use that as like a barrier for me to get close to yes. anyone. And that is self-sabotage. Ooh. I'm self-sabotaging myself from love because You're of those things. protective. Yes. See, and my- Which isn't a bad thing, no. but it can be, right? It's like that balance of like noticing it and then trying to work on the pieces that you're noticing. Yeah, but... Avoidance. Just- avoidance is self-sabotage. You're like avoiding any sort of... Well, I guess you do have confrontation with people like you're down to have a conversation. Yeah. And I'm very, I feel like Jack is not in the backyard. (laughs) Okay. Well, you keep talking and I'll go let him in, (laughs) but you're saying avoidance, avoiding situations or being overly clingy, I guess, like needing 
not even feeling like you want to hang out, knowing deep down you're not feeling like hanging out, you don't really want to go, you don't feel like being around this person or that person or the situation, yet you still, there's a part of you that's like, no, but you should want to go, so just go. Right. Even though deep down you know you're not up for it today, so then you still go just because there's a part of you that tells you that's what you should be doing because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Because it's for love. Right. It's for connection. Like, that part trips me out. Yeah, it's so true. It's like what you were saying about Tim. Of course, bringing Tim back into it. When you're holding both, there's a part of you that doesn't know Mm -hmm. or that doesn't want to. There's another part of you that's telling you you should want to, but then you're somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. It's like just sitting in the middle. And also, anyone who doesn't know who Tim is, I feel like we need to explain names when we put them out there like that because I think that some people don't know who they are. Mm. So Tim is my healer. I'm just going to preface it with that. But yeah, you're somewhere in the middle of like seeing both sides and like, okay, what do I want to do? You know? Right. But that's such an empowering place to be because you have a choice. You have a choice. You know? That's kind of crazy. And when you like, I feel like I've been conditioned, not necessarily by other people, but just my own experiences in life to feel like I need someone to validate my own stuff, self, like my own self, right? My own own self worthiness. Yes. Like Mm. I've always felt like I need someone else to do that for me. I think a lot of people feel that way. Hell yeah. I think that is such a normal thing to feel. It's common. It's a codependent thing, right? Uh Like always needing somebody, somebody's compliment or somebody's approval. And then if some, you don't, if you get rejected by a person, it's like, holy shit, what is wrong with me? And you go down this whole thing of like unworthiness. Well, it's like what we were just talking about with that girl you gave a compliment to. That shit can turn your whole day around just by getting a compliment from someone. And like that stuff is like, it's like crack, you know what I mean? It It really is. It It like fuels you in such a beautiful way. But when you don't have your own self-worth and you're constantly like searching for that from everybody else, the compliments and the things don't even hit anyway, because you don't feel that way about yourself. Because you don't believe it. Yes. You're constantly grasping at all of this stuff to make you feel better and nothing's making you feel better. And it's like, what is going on? And it's like, oh, well. Oh my God, dude. Like it literally that, comes down to that. Sad. Like I, so many times that I've gotten compliments, <clears throat> I'll have the thought of like, oh my God, this person's giving me a compliment because they feel like I need it. Yeah. Not because they mean it. See, I have a hard they time. feel bad for me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time like taking compliments into my first thought when I, ha- I've gotten better at it. My first thought for a long time when I hear a compliment immediately is like, no, I'm not. Like I immediately shut it down and it's like, whoa, that's really fucked up. That is. And I've done like a lot of work around that part of it. So I think I'm in a place where I'm like, hell yeah, I am. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting there, but the thought's still there. Like that thought still comes up. I just know that's not true. It's It's just, yes, it's just part of, you know, learning to love yourself, I guess. Right. Other self-sabotaging behaviors, blaming people. Be realistic about problems if you cause them or if you can fix them. Dude. It helps with growth. That is a very prevalent thing in someone in my life where anything that happens negative in their life, they want to pinpoint it on everyone else. Right. Well, you're not doing this for me. And oh, it's because of my job that I can't like get this thing done. It's because of this. It's because of this. Rather than just stopping and being like, oh. I have a part in my own suffering. Yes. Like, oh, damn. Maybe I should take a look at myself and stop and be like, oh, what can I actually do different within my actions to make this the part of my life easier? Wow. And, and that's so hard to do. If you're not Hell willing yeah. to work on yourself, you will never get to that point. And, you know, when people say, oh, you need to work on yourself. Oh, you need to work on yourself. Like we all do. We all do. And it feels so big talking about working on yourself like that feels so big and like where do I even start but it's in the little things you know like we were just talking about it's in the little things of noticing oh I'm deflecting ways that you can be better right in every situation and in all of your experiences with people yeah and pick one and focus on that small thing for a couple days and then do the next you know that is working on yourself even those baby steps like it makes a huge difference that is the only like road 
to making yourself happy and like truly working on yourself, you know, because those small steps. Procrastination. Mm. Avoiding work that you need to do that is me and can affect quality. Dude, that is me to a T. I Hell am yeah. such a good procrastinator. We are. I yeah. We're doing this podcast on a Tuesday. It's yeah. supposed to release on Wednesday. Yeah. We've done podcasts <clears throat> on Wednesday that release the same day. Yeah. Because we fucking proca- procrastinate. And life just feels too much. Yeah. And like focusing on the important things is like really hard sometimes. Hell yeah, it is. Especially when you're feeling emotional, like trying to like Ugh. figure out how we can talk on a podcast when we're like feeling so emotional and out of whack. Like, how do you even get your thoughts out straight? Like that stuff's hard. My biggest thing isn't the thoughts like I'll do the podcast my biggest thing is I don't want to affect other people in a negative way and I because you're in a negative space yes and I wear my heart on my sleeve if I'm down I'm down I can't fake it and I hate that because I know people who are so good at faking yeah and I'm jealous I'm like how do you like how how do you function how? when you're not functioning yeah I can't do it if yeah. I'm down I am down which and is really everyone beautiful. can feel it so I stay away from people because I yep. don't want to affect anybody yeah you know yeah. nobody likes it when Eeyore freaking walks in the room and is all fucking depressed yeah it's true nobody but likes it's also it. really beautiful that you can't hide it because you're being in your feelings it's you just, know yeah, oh, yeah it's just like and showing people that you can be in your feelings yeah. is uncomfortable maybe for everybody else and for you but also it's showing them that it's okay to be to that feel. way too you this know is real yeah I'm being upfront about it like when I am like that my dad especially like I try to avoid eye contact with him because he can see it yeah and then he has to comment on are you okay Mm -hmm. do you need a hug from your dad no I'm like dad oh my god like no you're gonna make me cry more yeah and I'm like you know what I'm just a human like cash too I'm just a human I'm just feeling human emotions and I'm trying to deal with it Uh it'll be fine I yep. just cried a lot today, but I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, it's so hard. It really is. And so you hard. don't cry. <clears throat> I don't cry. <laughs> so do you feel like you're good at masking it? No. You're not. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Yes. I okay. cannot fake how I'm feeling. If yeah. I'm feeling like a certain way with someone, like it comes up in dating, like I was just talking about. If I'm feeling a certain way towards somebody <laughs> and I hang out with them, the it. I can't. Like, yeah, it's, it's like that. <laughs> It's like that. It's like you can't hide your feelings. Like it's all over my face. And like, I'll try to kind of just be like still civil and stuff, but like you can feel it and you can see it. And like, I can't hide that shit. Dude, energy is real. Yeah. Like you can't ignore how you feel. feel. Yeah. Yeah. And like when your body is repulsed, you're repulsed. Yeah. So as far as crying, like, yeah, I have a really hard time crying and like I'm good at not crying. But when it all hits me, out of nowhere then you lose it I I lose it like and I I can't fake it I can't shove that shit down when it's so right there but it takes a lot for me to get to the point of crying you know Mm. which is my own issue to work through (laughs) okay not speaking up not addressing your needs or your emotions makes it more difficult to deal with them right shoving things down like we were just saying and also with that Staying around people who don't allow you to speak up and don't validate you when you do speak up. Right. Staying around those people, that is self-sabotage as well. Yes. And sometimes all you need when you're in those spaces is for someone to just listen and just hear you. Don't give you solutions. Just listen and hear you where you're at. And no freaking arguments about, well... You were just this or you were just that and your feelings are this because you're just this. It's like, no, like even if you didn't intend to hurt me, if I'm telling you I feel hurt, just please acknowledge that I'm hurt. Yeah. Don't it's, try to fix it. Doesn't it doesn't make hear you me. any less of a person. Right. Just freaking acknowledge that I'm hurt. That's yeah. okay. Like, yeah, I've, everybody feels hurt sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Right. But when you're around people who don't validate that and who just want to sit there and shift blame and then you leave them feeling drained. Yeah. So maybe let's try this week, everyone who's listening, to try to be aware of let's have your own awareness check in. Let's try to let's try to see if you can be aware of the conversations that you have with people 
and how they hold you. Right. And the feelings, the feelings in your body you have. Yeah. After being in their presence. Yeah. Especially when you're going through something hard or you want to talk about things. There's certain people that like when I'm having a really hard day, I don't call them to talk to them because they're going to pile it on or they're going to try to relate my suffering to their own suffering. And it makes it about them instead. You know, it's like when people can truly just hold you in a space and just hear you where you are, like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. it's so freeing. And then you're actually allowed to be where you are. And then you're not having to try to shove and self-sabotage yourself so that you can make that other person happy. Like those types of relationships are the relationships that I strive for. And that I know to be in. Yes. And I'm so aware of the people who aren't like, don't give me that safety, especially when I'm having a hard time and like, who don't hear me. I'm so aware of that. And that is like the most important thing for me and new connections with people. Right. You know, see, and being able to be that person for others is so beautiful. So beautiful. People, when you are that person, people notice, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's very true. Damn. Let's see. So avoiding decisions or putting yourself down, talking negatively about yourself creates low self-esteem and holds you back. Mm -hmm. I, I guess another awareness part for me too is whenever just try to notice I've tried to notice whenever someone that I care about is going through shit, the stuff that I tell them, yeah, like give yourself a break. Like you've been through a lot or whatever you tell them and then realizing, holy shit, do I tell that? Do I tell myself that kind of stuff? Yeah. Hell no. When I'm having a hard day, like you were on the couch feeling like you couldn't be there for Odin or entertain him. Yeah. Instead of being like, Sadie, you're sick. Like rest. You're still a good mom. Let him play his tablet. It's okay for a day. It's Mm -hmm. fine. Like instead of doing that, you're like, God, you piece of shit, mom, get your ass off the couch. Uh It's like, would you ever say that to your friend? No. And that's so interesting. You're saying that because I was listening to a podcast yesterday and that was the, the host asked like their guest, what is one piece of advice that has helped you in your life? And that is exactly what they said, that whenever you're going through your own personal hell and going through such a hard time in your life and beating yourself up and the self-sabotage is so real, stop for a second and think, oh, if, my if, I, if my friend was going through this exact same situation, what advice would I give them? Right. And think about it in that light. And even if you can't fully take it in, try to keep trying. reiterating that to yourself, that this is the advice you would give that person, somebody who you love. And you like, yeah, we're trying to learn to love ourselves. So let's do the same thing. Let's you be know? our own friend. Yeah. Let's be our own friend and give ourselves the advice that we would give somebody that we love. Right. You know, right. that would, that's so huge. Like it changes your, it pulls you out of the depressive stories you put in your head and all the things that you tear yourself down with and kind of makes you stop for a second and think in a different way. And I think that really, really does help. So if you guys are feeling that way, try that. See how it works for you. Let us know. Right. <laughs> but As we try it yeah. alongside of you. Yep. So um, the second part of the podcast, we want to um, read this book. So we have had a couple episodes in between where we haven't really continued to read the book. We keep meaning to, and our intention was to read more of it last week, but with the medium, it just wasn't aligning. So we're going to keep going with this book today and kind of just expand upon it. Um, the book is called Beyond the Now, Essays on the Heart of Enlightenment by Jason Schulman. So a couple episodes ago, we read... We read up to the part where, okay, um, he was talking about the stages of being called. The first stage of being called is um, overpowering static or noise. In this stage, we cannot hear the calling because our ears are filled with the sounds of our history. That's the first stage. I'm just going to give a little overview so we can remember. The second stage of being called, we might name this stage of of... Sorry, we might name this the stage of surrounding ourselves with our own sound. In this stage, we begin we begin to notice that we like certain things and do not like other things. So it's being more aware of your own voice and my hell, Jack, being more aware of your own voice and, you know, like what's going on internally for you. 
And then the third stage of being called mm, was we're trying to get to the third stage begins when we start to realize we have no choice. What does this mean? This means that the baseball player has no choice but to play the singer to sing the painter to paint. Now, after having gone through the stage of not even being able to hear our own heart, we start to hear it and vow to never give it up. So that is the third stage. I'm going to beat my dog. Dude. Just being, he made, he's making me laugh. I wanted to record it. Oh my god, that would have been a funny TikTok with the song. <laughs> he drives me he's nuts just like, trying to crawl up the freaking couch. You guys, he is so needy. <laughs> he's crazy, like especially when I get home and just let him out of his cage. He's like out of control. He's so trying screams. to podcast with him. He screams like this high pitched screech scream, and it's like, oh my god, dude, relax, <laughs> calm down, take a deep breath. He's gotten better though. He's getting better. Yeah. You know, he's he still is. a puppy. He's learning, but he's just, oh he's my gosh. When you're trying to podcast and read a book and he's just like, <laughs> it's, it's like so hard. Okay. So those are the stages of being called. So <clears throat> where we're at is the part where it says return to the light. So we're going to read like 10 pages or so and just kind of go through this and then talk. Stop me if you want to talk about it. Okay. okay. Return to the light. In the third stage, we begin to realize that this call goes out to everyone equally. The very nature of the call is its very evenness, its universality. It is, e- it is in every location and not limited to a special place or time. This has the effect of allowing our separateness and our oneness to exist simultaneously. This is the condition that is necessary for our awareness of our connection to the first light. The story of Jesus can be illuminating here. Whether this is a path we have chosen or not makes no difference. Jesus was known religiously as the son of God. This phrase can also be misleading if we do not understand the third stage. The the third stage in which, now being free from the overt demands of the wounded ego, we begin to feel the pulse of the great mother, the great luminous silence of what is. If we think about the phrase son of God literally... We realize that this is a description of family. The son of God means to or means the progeny, the offspring of God. Christ is known as the first son because he has realized something firsthand that is more fundamental than being the second or third son. Translating this, we can say that the first hand is direct knowledge of the real. That is the combined insight of the personal and the transcendent, while second or third hand knowledge only points to the real of course any son or daughter first second or third can have first-hand knowledge what these words are saying to me is that in order for us that is all of us to have first-hand knowledge we must understand that there is something that is calling to us personally and that the outcome of hearing this call deeply enough within our own soul is to discover that we do not own this calling that in fact it is not only directed toward every manifest thing but that the act of the existence itself is the calling listening and calling are the same thing from this perspective just as the water was born to flow we are born to both listen and to call to our greater self from this perspective, the entire spiritual path is the is to sorry is the return to understanding that we are all the first sons and daughters. Each one of us is an only child in a universe of children. This is what Jesus knew himself to be, and he knew not only that, but that everyone and everything in the universe has at its its essence in its core this simple thing that is personal and not personal at the same time. An eddy in the river, but not the river. A river with eddy that defines and beautifies the river. The call the universe makes to us is to be ourselves completely. This call encourages us to work as hard as we can to be empty enough of obstacles so that the calling itself can be heard in all its thrilling notes. There is nothing beyond this, no deeper truth, no special content in this calling that is the secret message. Illumination calls us when we are who we are just as we are, and we must work with kindness to return to that. Exactly what we were just talking about. (laughs) This work is not so much to improve ourselves as to realize ourselves, to see ourselves clearly. When we are consciously, personally aware of who we are, flaws in all, greatness in all, we hear God calling. Knowing who you are is not a mystical thing, but a matter of experience, acceptance, honesty, compassion, and caring. 
It is knowing you are small and selfish and greedy and angry and also great, creative, tenderhearted, and caring. Mm, Holding it all. Yep. Sometimes it is the very acknowledgement, paradoxically enough, that you cannot hear the call because you are closed in some way. When we know about ourselves in this way, without even attempting to change, we know we are connected. Buddha in action, the divine in manifest form, a co-rising separateness with the oneness of it all. As we understand these things, neurotic separateness begins to fall away. We cannot be separate in this crazy, anxious way we are when we are lost. We are found when we have begun to honestly see ourselves, when we know we are essentially the first son or daughter. We then understand that first son is not a rank to be enjoyed by the ego, but a definition of a family relationship to the extent that it is the state of relationship we might call primary manifestation beyond history, essential, plain, and simple in its nature. Jesus was a person who knew that beyond his culture, his parents, his time, he was the way God manifests. He walked around with God's calling in his ears. We give this level of knowledge the name Christ, and it means to be anointed. Jesus was not afraid to be small, to be fearful, to be lost, to be angry, to be joyful, to be filled with sorrow and gratitude. He was also not afraid, eventually, to be anointed in the same way we must all be anointed with the tender spirit of our own lives. Mm. Also, I want you guys to know when he talks about Jesus and all of this stuff, like, my initial, I get triggered a little bit you just do. because just, yeah. it's in my past. Right. But I also truly believe in who Jesus was and like his teachings and all of those things. And he talks about that a lot. Jason does. See, he was, my mom was actually telling me this morning, just a couple hours ago, Yeah, brought Jesus up and said that he felt every single one of our feelings. Yeah. Every single one. Yeah. So connected. Yeah. Yeah, because he went through it all himself. Right. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To the extent that we can accept our troubled history with love and tenderness, which takes effort, of course, our connection to the unified state is not impeded. Then we begin to understand that God is not far away, but is present in our hearts as we reach to find the origin of the call. We need only embrace ourselves in conscious awareness and deep knowledge and reduce our own self-judgments to feel the presence of the divine. When Jesus says the word me, as in the way to the father is through me, he is really redefining the concept of me. He is saying me is the one who has returned from exile, wounds intact perhaps, but who now knows what the first light feels like, who knows his true nature as this light. This person is the one who can trust what is beyond the personal self as well. Christ is a description then of the process of return, the anointing of a level of conscious awareness and awakened affirmation of the fact that we are purely and only manifestations of God, personal waves on the sea of the infinite. Reaching this level, we could, if we desired, say that all of life is impersonal. That is a true picture. After all, the level of the first light cannot be owned. It is, to some extent, the relinquishing of a personal attitude. The individual self, when its story is believed as the only truth, is a distraction from the real unity and thus the beginning of neurosis itself. Damn, let's read that again. Mm. The individual self, when its story is believed as the only truth, is a distraction from the real unity and thus the beginning of the neurosis itself. Mm. Like I was just talking about the Mm. stories that we tell ourselves, like you can get so sucked up into this story and it goes right into the self-sabotage, the neurosis, right? It's a story that you've told yourself and attached all these feelings and beliefs and, you know, like trying to decide that like, this is what's going to happen because you've thought about it. And it's like, wait, Wait, actually let's drop the story Right. And just be. But trying to find and figure out what the story is in the first place. Yes. It's the same thing with like having a question about something and wanting to search out the answer so bad. That's what our whole podcast is based on living in the question. Question everything. Question everything and be in the question. You don't have to have the answers. Right. You know, like asking the question itself is the answer. Is the answer by opening up to that, you know? So. 
But the personal self accepted as the first light is beauty itself, a piece of God manifestation sparkling in its temporary, effulgent, and newly existent self. By being who we truly who we are, we become undefended. Becoming undefended, we give up the territory. Giving up the territory, we have nothing to reflect upon. With nothing to reflect upon, we become empty of preconception and prejudice and open to the way of always. What we were just saying. Which sometimes <laughs> is triggering because so many people are used to the chaos of their life. That right. They don't know how to function when it's calm. Right. So then they it's uncomfortable. out like, yeah, the chaos like, once again, because chaos and stress is comfortable. Right. Because that's what they're used to. Yep. Right. Yet, being that way, we also see that we are human and can never give up these things entirely. It is that when we hear the call, come as you are. Returning to the state of innocence through the honesty of our search, we can enter a pure land that is right here and right now. We can be as we are, filled with flaws and made of love itself, personal and impersonal, great and small, wounded and healed partaking of life and its difficulties, but no longer at the mercy of the opposites of this world. Mm. It is this combination that is our greatness. We make the journey that is impossible to make. We fail and fall into the arms of God. We all always have this chance to shine and in this shining fall into our own future, the future when God's face is as easy to see as the back of our hand. Damn. Wow. That's pretty beautiful. So there's another part that I want to read. It's just three pages. So we're going to read it. This is like the next chapter. It says the novel of life. Do you want to read this one? Sure. When you read a novel and you read about various characters in the novel, you may like some of them and not like others. Or when you watch a movie, you might Mm -hmm. think about your relationship with the characters. You might like them. You might not like them. But one thing we can say is that you are not finding your sense of self, your own self in them. You're not referencing your self-worth by the characters in the novel or when you turn on the TV. You just have your thoughts about them. But imagine if you turned on your TV or you read a novel and you actually completely derived your sense of being, your sense of self from one of the characters. Immediately, your perspective is going to be different, right? Now your perspective has gone from something that's very vast to something that's very limited, something seen only through the eyes of the character. Sadly, that's how most human beings spend their lives. Mm. How can you not? Yeah. Your life is your life. You've never experienced it through somebody else. Like we all have transference every day of our lives 24 seven. That's how we function in the world until you can be beware or become aware of your transference. Of your transference. Yeah. Something shifts. They have this little character in their mind called me. And they're actually viewing that me as personal when it's not. The me is very impersonal, not meaning cold or distant, but just meaning without inherent self-nature in the same way that when you read a book, the characters are without self-nature. They don't actually exist outside of your imagination. Mm -hmm. They don't even exist in the book because the book is just words. And without someone reading the words and bringing it all alive within an imaginable space, nothing even exists on the printed page. All this life, all this drama is actually all within the reader. Ooh, it's giving we me the chills. create our own reality. And stories. Like, we make up these stories in our head. Like, he's talking about, like, a book. Like, that's part of why so many people love reading books rather than the movie. Like, right. when they make movies. Because you think of all these stories and, the you know, put all look, of your own stuff. Right? Put all of your, your own, own stuff on, on the story of what it looks like, what it should be. And then it's never going to be that in the movie no ever so people are always disappointed but that's just because of our own transference yeah yeah it's kind of wild when the buddha talked about the realization of no self he was talking about the self that is an image in the mind being completely seen through and when there's no image of self there experience has nothing to bounce off of everything just is as it is because there's no secondary interpretation Mm. that moment is the moment we stop listening to the echo and start listening directly to the soul so I had a dream about my grandma Melon the other night. Okay. And she was sitting next to me and I asked her, grandma, are you good? And she looked at me and all she said was, I just am. Mm-hmm. Dude. Chills. Like, yeah. That, that whole paragraph That's it. is what my grandma's doing, yep. which makes so much sense to me 
Yeah. That's what the whole goal here is to be. That's what we're striving for with all this non-duality work and all these things that we're learning, holding opposites, holding both, holding not being attached to to your own self. Yes. And being open to everything, everything, just holding space for all of it because we just are. And being aware of your own transference takes you out of the self when they're talking about the impersonal. We're in the personal when we're thinking about us and our transference to every situation. Like we're in the personal when you can take a step out of it and come out of the transference. You're impersonal because you're viewing everything in different light. Just as it is. Just as is. It is important to understand that the one who's interpreting, which is to say constantly comparing is the one who is living in the echo. Mm. That's the who is who is in pain. That's the one who suffers. And that's the one who causes others to suffer. The image self is the self that's an image in the mind uses every experience to measure itself against something else. How am I in relationship to what's happening? Am I wise enough? Am I stupid? Am I clumsy? Am I courageous? Am I enlightened enough? That's the movement of consciousness reflecting on an image of itself that doesn't actually even exist. It's always measuring each and every experience and then believing in the interpretation of the experience rather than seeing everything just is. Oh my God, dude. Everything actually just is from the perspective of consciousness, even resistance just is. And Mm. if you resist resistance, that's just what is too. You can't get away from it. You start to see that the only thing that goes into resistance to what is or into a story about or an interpretation of what is any of these is this mind created persona. It's like a character in a novel. When you read a novel, every, every character has a point of view. It has beliefs, it has opinions. There's something that makes it distinct from other characters. Our persona is literally this mind created character. That's always making itself distinct from everything else. So it always needs to evaluate everything against its own preconceived ideas. Mm. There's another vantage point. However, the other vantage point is not only outside the character that is seeing the characterness of the character. It's also inside the character that is experiencing the world, the way the character sees it. It's the ultimate vantage point experiencing both positions and not rejecting either one Mm. in this position. We have compassion and sympathy for the character, but we also see it is a character in the same moment. Mm. That base, that's basically what it means to really wake up. We're waking up from the character. You don't have to destroy the character called me to wake up from it. In fact, trying to destroy the character makes it very hard to wake up because who is trying to destroy the character? The character. What's judging the character? The character. Self-sabotage. We're all of it. (laughs) So leave the character alone. The character called you, just leave it alone. Then it's much easier for the awakening out of that limited perspective to happen. Mm. When you do this, you don't lose the character. You just gain the whole novel of life. It's not like you lose anything. You just gain the whole book. You gain the whole universe. As Buddha might have said, lose yourself, gain the universe. It's not a bad idea. Or Dogen, to know yourself is to forget yourself and to forget yourself is to be enlightened by the 10,000 things, which means you see yourself everywhere. Damn. When you wake up from your character, you see yourself nature in all characters, not just the one you, you think you happen to be. You see yourself in all of them. So we don't lose anything. Instead, we gain all the characters. We just soften our fixation. That's all. Ooh, so good like seeing yourself and everybody else because we're all the freaking same yeah like we're all the same we are and I love I love that part of like forgetting yourself to find yourself like that is literally find yourself yes like let yourself be where you are stop self-sabotaging stop beating yourself up for all of your negative thoughts and all of the things that are going on just like you was saying with resistance resistance shows up in all of our lives in all sorts of ways and when you resist the resistance it makes life a hell of a lot harder if you just allow the resistance to be there acknowledge and it, acknowledge it, it don't like attach to it just let it be as it is then all it is is resistance right. it doesn't have to be so much worse the whole thing we yeah. do that to ourselves self-sabotage self-sabotage it's a beautiful place to end right thanks for listening yeah i love you guys and thank you so much for listening and also um of course like i always say like view subscribe all the things um but also i wanted to put it out there that i want to start taking reiki clients so if anybody is interested in doing reiki me and elena both do reiki If you're interested in that, like reach out to us and we can schedule something. Um, 
Yeah. I love that. Good for you, dude. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying to you're doing work through the resistance of money (laughs) in a different way, in a way that I truly feel like I can show up as who I am. And Mm. I feel like doing that for people and like oh I've had energetically with Sadie and they're pretty freaking good. Yeah, and we can do them, you know, even if you live far, we can do it over Zoom. Like it's all the same. So if anybody's interested, please reach out to me. I'm going to throw my phone number out there. My phone number is 801-922-0789. Anybody reach out to me if you have questions, you know, want to know about pricing, anything like that. Or even if you just want to talk, like, please reach out to us. We want feedback. We want to know who's listening and what you guys are taking from this podcast. We have a couple of guests that are scheduled in the next month. And we're excited about it. So tune in, keep listening. We love you guys and see you next week. See ya.